Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to episode 25 of It's Black and White, the Derby Telegraph's Derby County podcast. I'm Johnny Bunnell and I'm joined as ever by Steve Nicholson and Chris Watson. How are we chaps? Uh, very well, thank you. Good, thank you. Excellent stuff. Let's crack right on then and start with the uh, the Norwich game on Saturday. Uh, on the face of it and, and from sort of the subsequent reaction, it seems like a point game from Derby County's point of view. Uh, yeah, I thought it was because they could easily have lost that game. And uh, at one stage in the second half, after Norwich equalised, I thought they might lose the game. Uh, they're a decent side, Norwich. They're, they're better than the uh, position in the table shows. They were on a good run of form, we knew that before the game. And uh, over the two games, uh, away at uh, Carroll Road and in October, and the home game on Saturday, Derby have taken four points. I think that's a really, really good return from, from Norwich. Uh, they didn't deserve to take four points from those two games. They probably deserve to take two at best. Uh, but it tells me a lot about this Derby side, that they can pick up points when they don't necessarily play well. Mm, agree with that, Chris? Yeah, I think I think um, Derby started quite well, and and for a while they were knocking the ball about quite nicely. They, they scored a really good goal, um, and for a while looked um, pretty untroubled. I'd say. Um, obviously, we had a, there was a penalty towards the end of the, f- the first half, uh, which Scott Carson saved, which was a bit of a kind of warning sign, I guess. Though they were still leading at half time, but my slight concern was that Derby hadn't really created much other than the goal. And to how you know how would they react coming out for the second half? And actually, the second half really belonged to Norwich, didn't it? Yeah. Um, and as Steve said, I think in the end, Derby Derby would would have to say we'll take a point and and move on. Um, mm. But keeps you know keeps the unbeaten run going. And and I mean, we seem to say about quite a lot of sides, but Norwich really are a better, a better team mm. than their league position suggests. They've obviously they're obviously going through a bit of a transitional period under the under the new manager, but. They've got some very good players, and uh, and I thought they played well. Yeah, you sort of we'll talk a bit about the game. And I mean, you mentioned it there that Derby did get off to a, a, a quick start and a, a good start, but it sort of seemed to to fade as the match went on. Yeah, I think I think some fans think that you know Derby went ahead, and then fans some fans are kind of saying, "Well, why did they sit back?" I'm not sure they did deliberately. Sometimes that's just a kind of conscious thing that happens. But you've also got to give the opposition some credit. You know, I thought I thought Norwich's shape gave Derby real problems, and I thought it was more about what Norwich were doing rather than a deliberate ploy by by Derby's players to sit back. You know, this great thing about always oh, sit back after one. You know, Gary Rout never runs out to his technical and says, "I tell you what, one nil up, sit back now." It doesn't doesn't happen like that. And I thought, yeah, yeah. And I, I thought Norwich, I thought it was Norwich's good play that, that actually forced them back. Uh, they. I said this after the Brentford game. First twenty minutes of the Brentford game, there was an edginess around the stadium, and uh, Derby have just got to be a bit careful at that edginess. If they're not one nil up or two nil up or taking the game away from the opposition or won a game by half time, we've got to be careful that doesn't creep in too much because there's going to be a lot of games between now and the end of the season that are going to be tight mm. at home, and uh, you know you can win the game in the 89th minute. You have to win it in the first minute. You can win it in the 89th minute, and uh, I just, I just felt sometimes, you know, we've got to give the opposition more credit that, than probably they get. You know, Norwich fully deserved a point. They probably deserved all three, and I think it was more about Norwich that, than than Derby sitting sitting off them with, with a one goal lead. What Derby did look, and we mentioned this early in the game, they looked a bit leggy to me. Uh, they, they they looked as though the energy levels weren't at the normal level. And uh, it certainly shows second half, and you know Norwich uh, Madison came very much into the game. Second mm. half talented boy that he is, and uh, I say they they gave Derby real problems. So you got to give them the credit. Yeah, I, I guess that the edgy atmosphere, if you like, sort of comes with the territory now because of mm. where Derby find themselves in the table, and it's sort of 
pressure on them to, to keep winning games to, to you know to yeah we've been here before we've been here before so it's not new you know we, we, we should know this mm. this is what this is what happens when you're pushing at the top end of the table for promotion or battling against relegation you know this is this is this is the nervousness of, of the games and you know the two things Derby that have to go Derby's way in the next 15 games they've, they've shown they've got the form they've shown they can defend well enough and not concede many goals they can, they've shown they can score goals so the third highest scorers in the division I think mm-hmm. that goes unnoticed sometimes uh, so they've shown all that what happens now is they've got to be lucky with with injuries that's what they've got to be you, you, you need your best players on the pitch but also they've got to handle the growing expectation. There was no expectation before the season started. Now, because they've been in second place for six weeks, there's expectation, mm. and the players have to handle that. And that expectation will be felt in the home games. Mm. I guess this is where players like Curtis Davis, mm. Tom Huddleston, Scott Carson come. You know, come to the fore. Joe Ledley, um, players who have been there and done it before. And have got that experience, and we, we've talked a lot about it this season. And up to now, you know, up to now, it's it's served the team very well. And obviously, uh, in the remaining games, they'll they'll need all of that experience to kind of to keep them going and to get them through um, little sort of moments in games and patches like like they did have against Norwich. Yeah, I wrote in, in the Telegraph. Um, my match word in the Telegraph was saying that the fact that Derby had picked up four points from two games against Norwich without really playing overly well mm. shows that this is a different Derby team it shows that this Derby team is better equipped in my opinion for a promotion battle that's not to say they'll win promotion but I think they're better equipped for a promotion battle and as Chris rightly points out they've now got players who've been there before who've got across the line they didn't used to have those players they were short of winners mm. before but now in Curtis Davis, Tom Huddleston as you say you know these these players, David Nugent. Uh, these players, Joe Ledley's another one. They, these players have got over the finish line. Once as a as a footballer, no matter what level you play at, you can play at, at Premier League level or on the parks. Once you've won something, you know. Once you know you can win a league or win promotion or get over the line, it makes a massive difference. Did you ever win anything in your playing days? We haven't got time to go through well. <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. So no, then. <laughs> We haven't got time in it, seriously. <laughs> I don't buy that. You've never mentioned Listen, that I'll bring me medals in next time, but, <laughs> but I'll need you to come round and help me carry the, the trophy cabinet out of my house. <laughs> right, let's look at some of the incidents in the game then. Uh, we'll start with the positives first and Vidra's goal. I mean, obviously, we've, we've mentioned him numerous times on the podcast, an excellent season that he's having, but, uh, I mean, it was another super finish, wasn't it? Wonderful finish, actually. Mm. Uh Good play by Anya. Uh, busy uh, Derby force an error on, on, in the final third. Anya played a cute pass, actually, very cute. But once you know, once Vidra opened up away from his marker, opened up onto his left foot, it was almost inevitable. I thought where the ball was going to end up, and it was a super finish across the keeper into the bottom corner. Eighteen goals now, seventeen in the league. He's had a fantastic season so mm. far, and, and there's a promise with 15 league games to go. There's a promise of more goals to come. Mm. I mean, you say you're saying inevitable, and I think you're right. But it was by no means an easy one, was no, it? No, it was a great I mean, finish. I thought he almost it was something almost balletic about it the way really that good. he span uh, span away from his man and, and kept his balance to be able to dispatch that. I thought it was I thought it was fantastic. It, it was a fantastic goal and. Just opening up on the Vidra theme as such, he's, he's become a key player, obviously, and we've been speaking to Gary Rowett. So Gary Rowett's been mentioned Vidra and, and the fact that he, he substitutes him a lot in games. I mean, I worked out, I think he's only completed three of 26 starts, mm. Vidra. You know, so he often gets taken off around the 70-odd minute mark. And uh, Gary Rowett has mentioned to us that he... He understands that's a bone of contention. You know, why do you take your top scorer off when you're looking for another goal? Uh, but it, it's about these energy levels uh, that he wants to keep high, and especially in the middle of the pitch, in that 10 position. If those energy levels drop, it opens up a little bit too much for, for the opposition to start playing. Uh, but he did say to us that he, he's looking, or, or the coaching staff are looking at ways to try and keep Vidra on the pitch longer, and whether that means... A certain stage of the game, moving him from the ten position 
to a slightly wider position or more of a striking position and then bring on another number 10 if you like that type of thing so it's going to be fascinating uh, to see how that develops I mean that finish as well it, it just shows that he scored all types of goals this season as well hasn't he you know he can, he can do the tap-ins shows, shows his confidence yeah because he didn't even think twice about it he's just it's just he instinct, the net it was instinctive yeah. and if you remember last season he'd, he'd have thought a lot about that yeah, wouldn't he absolutely you know he's in, a, he's in a very very different place to the Matteo Vidra we saw last season certainly this time last season and then the, the first Norwich penalty then yes or no when, when it happened... <laughs> Bit of both. Yeah, it was really strange. There was a mixed reaction in the press box when it happened. Some people thought it was a penalty. I think myself and Chris weren't too sure. We, he went down very, very easily, uh, did James Madison. I've seen it since. There was contact, but it's this debate now, this grey area in football, and it really needs to be tidied up because it's becoming quite unsavoury, I think. Uh, it's this grey area about... Does the contact come because the striker or, or player entices the contact from, from, from the defender or the goalkeeper? And that's what it looked like on, on, on Saturday. It looked like James Madison enticed the contact mm. from Scott Carson. I'm not sure what Scott Carson could have done. It's not as though Scott stuck his leg out no. and brought him down. Uh, but there was contact. Our, our esteemed colonist Craig Ramage would say yes. that that's part of that's the part game. Of it, yes. And he would say it was part of his game. That once, yes. as an attacking player, once you get into the box, it, it's almost he sort of a skill. Yes. If you, you can draw, down. if you can draw a foul yeah. from an opponent, then you've almost you've kind of and, won and, that and it, is a, it is a skill actually. If you if you've got your body shape right and you've got your body or your leg between the ball and 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 the the, the person who's about to make a challenge, whether it's a goalkeeper or defender, that that is you know that is that is part of of, of skillful play and uh, players are, are, are good at it. Uh, it's just it, it is making it a little unsavoury mm-hmm. and, and, and but again again I go back to the, the Bristol City one Cameron Jerome there was definite contact there but I was, I was going to say that there's similarities between the two it's in the same penalty area yeah. and I think in both cases we've seen contact or, yeah. or, or, or probable contact but in both cases the player has sort of has gone down quite theatrically yeah, yes, and, yeah, and, and clearly looking yes. for it. Obviously, the difference with this one is that it was given, although the referee, strangely, yeah, didn't give it at first. Awarded, the ball went behind, he gave a corner, um, and it was only when he went to speak to his linesman mm. at the insistence of some of the Norwich yeah. players yeah. that the linesman gave it. But what, what was strange, and I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think the linesman flagged no. initially. No, I don't think he did. So if he didn't flag initially... Did he was he waiting to see what the ref did or, or you know? Well, that's that's another sort of point in that the referee was closer to the incident. Absolutely, yeah, he was. Yeah, and, and he yes. is the man in charge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So why? Whether I, mean, I, I, I think answer, I think why would he let them? Possibly overall? the linesman might have had a better angle in terms of where the contact was, where Carson yeah, sure. was, and where Madison was, and maybe that's what he was saying. You know, from your angle, what did you think? But I mean. I mean, when he, you know, when he went through, it was a nice ball over the top. You did sort of think, whoever gets there first, you know, it's it's going to be it's going to be a close one. Um, but I mean, I mean, I suppose in a way, it wasn't immaterial. But the fact is that the penalty was saved. So, yes. Yeah. So um, it didn't it didn't kind of decide it didn't decide the game as such. But it was certainly a talking point. I, know. I think it's what again. It's another one of them that if it goes for you, great. If it goes against you. Fuming. fuming about it but if it had been the other way around I think Derby would have wanted the penalty as well and also I, th- I think we've, we've spoken about this quite a bit I think we've seen Derby get away with a few of late as well yes. and, and initially I thought that was another one they've got away with yeah. but obviously they didn't well, they got uh, away with one at Carrow Road against Norwich sure. this season yeah, yeah. Scott, Scotty was involved again, again yeah. when really that, could, that should have been a red card and a penalty it could have mm. changed the game could have changed point. the game completely so um, you know, I'm not one for, and I don't, I don't think Gary Rowett is either. To be fair to him, he, he, he's not one for having a go at officials and, and 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 kind of afterwards bleating about these things. He's he's asked questions about them, so he answers them as he as he does. Mm. Uh, but you know, Gary will know that they've got decisions that have gone for them and against them mm. this season, and I think you just have to ride with that. Second penalty, yes or no? Yeah, it was a penalty. Penalty. Well, I've watched it again actually, and I, so, yeah. 
I think he actually went between Huddleston and Jerome, Jerome wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, because we said we said Huddleston yeah. was the foul, and it actually could have been either of yeah, them. Really, yeah. I think yeah. it was Jerome. Yeah. The, the last before he went over. But, but again, the strange thing about that was, yeah. if the referee had taken a second longer, they'd like put yeah. the ball in net, and we saw that Cardiff against Millwall the previous evening. But yes. I, I think there was I think there was even less time between the foul and the ball going in the net at Derby. Actually, yeah. it was about a se- it was only oh, a matter yeah. of a yeah. second. Yeah. Yeah. Cardiff one just as a side note, there was, there was about. Yeah, Four there was a second. Yeah. I know, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. But this one against Norwich, he, he slammed it in the net straight away. So, yeah, yeah. in many ways, Norwich could feel a bit aggrieved with that, even though they got the penalty scored. If they'd have missed, they'd have missed yeah. that penalty, so, they would have been feeling Listen, I, I, I rarely, rarely in my match verdicts, match reports, have a go at referees. And these are the reasons yeah. why we're talking about because it's such a difficult job. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's I mean, such we're a difficult job. Yeah. Now and, mm. and so they've got a split yeah. second to. So, so, so difficult. We we used to mark referees in, in the Derby Telegraph. I'm glad we don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> what would you have given him? God, it's a good question, that, Johnny. You, you know, it's your first good question of these podcasts, actually. Um, I'm pretty sure I've still got voice recordings, actually, of you saying that's a good question. Oh, really? <laughs> I, say, um, yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't know. What, what would if, you give the referee well, you, out of ten? If, it's so if it'll help you out, I think when we spoke to, we spoke to Gary Rowe um, ahead of the Sheffield Wednesday game, and I think he, he actually admitted, after having been quite angry about one of the mm. decisions after the game, he, he sort of said... Looking back on it, there were there weren't too many issues in the game. Mm. I think I think the main one, his main gripe was that first penalty, which of course they ended up uh, not scoring. But um, I think he was more he was more upset with um, with James Madison than, than anything. Yes, wasn't yeah. it? well, I mean that that was going to be the next point anyway. Mm. Madison obviously scored the second penalty uh, to equalise. Um, he's clearly a talent and a, a good footballer, but yeah, Gary Rout wasn't happy with. Some of his theatrics, shall we say? He's he's that type of player, and he gets on the ball, mm. makes things happen. He takes people on. There's always going to be those issues of contact, and does he does he go down? When does he go down? How easily does he go down? All those things. But you get that with all those types mm. of players. Uh, watching him, he is a talent. I thought first half, he he overplayed things. I thought he he kept hold of the ball too long. Uh, sometimes with talented players, and, and, and I'll, I'll mention this in reference to Tom Lawrence as well, who, who at the moment does run into crowded cul-de-sacs too often with the ball, you can be equally as effective laying the ball off quickly and going again than you can be beating a man. Mm-hmm. And I think some young players need to learn that. You know That can be equally as effective. And I thought Madison, first half, kept on the ball too long at times. Uh, I thought this allowed Derby to drop into the shape. Uh, but second half, helped by Derby not getting close to him uh, because of that energy issue, uh, I thought second half did things a lot quicker. And when he does things a lot quicker, and we see this with uh, Jack Grealish for Villa, he does things a bit quicker than Madison, and, and it can be really dangerous. You know, he, uh, I, I just felt that, that Madison was far far better second half than he was first half. When when you're watching him throughout the game, were you? Because I mean. A load of fans have come on afterwards and saying how much he dived, etc. I mean, when when you're watching him play, were you sort of getting that feeling? I think, or? I think it's a bit unfair to single him out for that, to be honest, because as Steve said, it happens all across the game, um, and obviously, you know, whether that's a, it's clearly not a, not a good thing. It's not it's not good for the game, but as as we've said before, there. There are ways of winning fouls. Mm-hmm. It's, it, whether they like it or not, whether people like it or not, it's become part of the game. I mean, how many times have you seen Chris Martin win a foul yes. for, for Derby? And Derby, Derby fans loved that. You know, it was it was a, it was, a, it was he's very adept at, at doing that, and he's not he's not cheating. He's kind of he's playing the game. It's when the, he's playing the game when when Derby maybe Derby are under pressure, and it's a bit of an out ball to him, and he he knows exactly what to do to draw the foul. And I think that's the same with James Madison, and, and he was he was interviewed after the game, and he and he basically said, look, you know, I'm that sort of player because I'm on the ball a lot, I'm turning, um, you know, he's weaving around, he, he's gonna come into maybe come into contact more than some other players because of the because of the nature of how he plays. Yeah. And I must admit, I, I mean, the obvious one was for the the, the obvious uh, talking point was yeah. for the penalty. That's probably why but, everybody's. But, but I, and I think it, that everything else became magnified, yeah. and I. I 
I can't remember particularly thinking, oh, he's dived there, he's dived there. I know he, mm-hmm. he certainly won a, won a few free kicks, but but that was at a time when he was becoming more and more influential in the game, and and Derby were, were struggling to to contain him a bit. Yeah. So I I thought that was I thought that was a bit unfair. And, and often, of course, that's okay because of the style they play. These players, there is often contact. Yeah, people say they go down, but often if you look at them, I bet ninety percent of the time there's actually contact. Yeah, you know because that's the nature of the way they play. Mm. You know, so I, I mean, I, I must admit, I didn't sit there first half thinking he's diving all the time. I didn't think that at all. He went down very easily for the penalty, but but other than that, I didn't think he, he's he's trying to do this all the time. And mm. second half, as I say, I thought he was much much better. Mm. Was diving a part of the game when when you were playing? Yeah, it's it, it's always been about. I mean, yeah. we're talking about. You know, Rama, Craig Ramage, our columnist, you know, yeah. Ram has admitted at times that yeah. he, he, he's waited, this clever play he talks about where he's mm. waited for that contact mm. and almost enticed it because he's been clever. Mm. You know? But he wouldn't, sit, he wouldn't call that diving. He wouldn't, so he wouldn't call that diving. He'd, he'd call that that's just part of winning, foul, winning the free yeah. kick, winning yeah. the penalty. Actually, if you look back when I was a lad, some of the, some of the diving was a lot that, worse at times. Well, I remember, I mean, I mean, oh, yeah. Uh, um, when I when I was growing up watching the game, I think Jurgen Klinsmann uh, was yeah. the, was the one who had a who had a bad reputation yeah. Yeah. for for diving. He turned it into a goal celebration, yeah, he did, yeah. didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Was yeah. Spurs. Right. yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. It's, so it's always it's always been there. I think nowadays it's magnified more because everything's magnified. Every incident you can see a hundred times, yeah. and and that is yeah. why that is why going back to referees, it's a bit it's unfair mm. because if someone followed me around with a camera. Okay, every day they'd spot a hundred mistakes. Or maybe I was say, we were we were around we were around the corner. There you go. I'm sure I saw Steve dive. Exactly, <laughs> he exactly. Took a dive. exactly, definitely. But but when every decision they're making is magnified and yeah. played again over and over again, I must admit I think that's unfair. Mm. I think that's unfair because referees aren't going out there and saying, you know what, I never make a mistake in my life. They're not saying that, you know, and it's such a difficult job. Uh, I think I remember Brian Clough once saying in an interview, you know, what what we do to referees as far as highlighting every every decision they make it is wrong. It's wrong because they will make mistakes. The pace the game goes, the players don't help half the time. Well, I was going to say it doesn't it doesn't help no, it doesn't. referees when players clearly are no. trying to be clever yeah. and looking for, for free kicks. Now, now if you know if you went way back, you would you would you would have players who just wouldn't even dream of. Mm. Of falling over unless they literally couldn't stay on their feet anymore. Whereas now it clearly is a, it's clearly a kind of Any oh well, well there's down. contact there, <laughs> so I'm well within my rights to go down. And so that's why I'm, I'm not I'm not a big one for having to go at referees. Mm-hmm. You know uh, they will make mistakes. I mean my team was robbed of an FA Cup semi final back in 1977. Not that I still have grudges, still have obviously, but it was a woeful decision by the referee. Say not that I bring it up very often, <laughs> but but I but no, uh, you know I I do think it's it's such such a difficult job. Yeah, such a difficult job. Uh, not a, a podcast seems to go by where we don't mention Scott Carson, but uh, I am going to mention him again because he, he definitely was... dived. <laughs> yeah, a few times. I well, saw the, he dived, yeah, saved yeah, the penalty. Yeah, the yeah. Penalty yeah. Say, yeah. Um, but yeah, another excellent performance capped off with the penalty save, and it, you know it's just it's remarkable considering. You know the form that Mate Vidra is in, the goals that he scored, people would automatically think right player of the year. So for Scott Carson to now be, you know, pretty much level pegging with him, it yeah. shows, shows. Oh no, he's done this, and he's he's been excellent. I, I, I'm a bit wary of keep talking about him because I don't want to tempt fate, and he throws one in suddenly. But uh, I, I thought, to be honest, his best save was second half from Oliveira from point blank range. Really good, yeah. That was a really good save. It didn't look great. Wasn't spectacular. But from point blank range, mm-hmm. I mean, that looked a goal all over, and mm-hmm. it, that was a super save. So, I, for me, that was his best save. Uh, I thought the penalty was a poor penalty by Oliveira. I thought it was How too... long to it, well, though? What was interesting, you know, when I watched it again, Scotty stood over to that side yeah. of the goal. And it's mind games, isn't it? Yeah. Because Oliveira thinks if you're signing on that side, you're going to go die. And I'll way. put it that side. But, um, I mean, what Oliveira should have done, he just, he just wrapped it the other way. That's what I'd have done. <laughs> And he, wouldn't, and he wouldn't have had time to get. He wouldn't have time to get there, mate. But it's just, <laughs> just a side note on that one. We, we spoke to Cameron Duran afterwards, and he obviously played for Norwich not that long ago. Mm. And um, I, I must admit, I didn't actually see this myself, but apparently he was 
he was he was pointing to car, telling Carson right. which way to go, saying he always goes that way. Um, but he but he, he then also added to to give um, Scott Carson his due. He said uh, he said he said to him afterwards, "I knew I knew that anyway." But he'd obviously done his homework. Yeah, yeah, as, um, as they do. Sadly, it didn't work for the. Uh, the okay, second yeah, time okay. Around, yeah. Yeah. I asked Gary about afterwards, and he said, "Well, well, Kevin Poole kind of lets the goalkeeper know each game they play what what each penalty taker is likely to do." Mm. He said, uh, "Gary said that you know and that's great as long as the goalkeeper remembers the instructions." Well, and also, <laughs> and also, I mean, if I, you know. I know. I'm sure penalty takers have their preferred sides, but it wouldn't make sense to go the same side every single time. No, no, because no. surely, by its very nature, you're going to switch it up every now and then, and that's just to kind of keep keep. Um, I think keep I think the really best too. penalty takers can, can vary it a lot. Of ways. Yes, yeah. Most penalty takers do prefer one particular style of penalty. Mm-hmm. That's natural, obviously. Yeah. With your strongest foot, you think where you can be most accurate. Mm. Uh, but but the really good ones can wait for 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 the goalkeeper. Yeah. Kind of takes real nerve that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is kind of what Madison did actually, didn't it? Yes, he did. Was, uh, yeah, the one did. That scored. Yeah. It, it wasn't the the best performance, but yet they they did come away with a point, which is a, a sort of a positive spin on it. But that's now four out of the last six drawn in the league, and you sort of think they need to start turning some of those draws back into victories. They, they do, but what I will say is that. Those games, there's been many fine margins in those games. I mean, the Bristol City draw, it should have been a penalty yeah. late on. And, and they could score that, and suddenly that's a win. Yeah. Millwall away, they could have conceded a penalty, but they had the goal chalked off at the end, which could have given them a win. So it's really, really fine margins, these draws. And that's why I'm not overly concerned about it at the moment, because I'd much rather take the points. Mm. From the game, the way the games panned out, knowing they could have won the game, it's it, it's when it's when they're not winning, and you're thinking they don't even look like winning. That's when you start to worry. But at the moment, I wouldn't say Derby don't look like winning. Uh, I thought that Gary was right. The performance against Norwich, particularly second half, not first half, particularly second half, what wasn't great. But in other games, Millwall away, they could have won that. They could have lost it. Bristol City at home, they could have won that one. Sheffield United at home was was nip and tug wasn't it so it's not like they're what you call lucky draws mm. I say that the, the, the one against Norwich was probably the one where you thought we were a bit fortunate to get out of the draw but the other, the others haven't been that mm. there's obviously plenty of, of football and, and points left to be played for but Aston Villa's win yesterday over Birmingham City moved them above Derby in the table into second place I mean would you rather be the Chased or the chaser at this stage because now it's it sort of rolls reverse. So Derby are, are now the ones trying to catch. catch and Gary Gary Rout mentioned to us didn't he this thing about when you're second, you feel like you've got to win every game, mm. and that's a real that that is a real pressure. So if that's what they felt, then it might suit them to. To be just out of there because, like, that's what you're saying, it's a cunning plan. A cunning plan is not being be hatched Norwich. at the moment. Yeah, yeah. not being Norwich, just so they could yeah. just sort of drop yeah. behind Villa. Well, yeah. what's interesting, they, they can go to Sheffield Wednesday <clears throat> and suddenly go back into second. Yeah, sure. So, but I know what he's saying. It does feel like when you're second that you're always thinking, oh, if we don't win today, the team in third might might catch us or overtake I, us. I think in some ways it, it's better for Derby that it's happened now mm. than if it happened. In the penultimate game, they've been second all the way between now and the end of the season. Then penultimate game of the season, they get overtaken. Yeah, yeah. Then it, 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 it's obviously there's, apart from clearly having less time to pull it back. I think psychologically, it's a blow as well. Whereas I think, I think Derby. How long have they been second? It feels six like weeks. they've been, se- six it's been six. Weeks. It's yeah. been six weeks. But I mean, what's the biggest points margin? It was never. It's never more than a couple. Couple of not, points, yeah, was it? Sure, no. And so it's always only one a one game swing, yeah. and and they haven't even lost a game. You know, they've not even lost a game for twelve league games. I know that there's been obviously points dropped when they've drawn games, but um, you know, Aston Villa have won seven games in a row, and I think if if a team does that, you kind of have to mm. hold your hands up a little bit. Well, and I mean, on the flip side of it, that shows the form that Derby have been in as well to yeah. keep them at bay for. For seven yeah. games in a row, yeah. and yeah. now they've only just gone a point as well, only a single point. Well, indeed, maybe, yeah, if you look at it from Villa's point of view, they might be thinking, blimey, we've won seven games in a row, 
yeah. and we're still only a point clear, yeah. you know, they might feel like there's a defeat around the corner or whatever. Oh, I'm sure they don't feel like that. Well, but that, you never know. You never know. Do you? Win no. every game from now to the end of the season. No, it won't happen. You're going to write that down. <laughs> that would be one to remind you of at yeah. the end, wouldn't it? <laughs> well, I tell you what, if they do, if they, if they do, do that, they deserve, they deserve to go. Yeah, they will yeah, deserve, no, yeah. absolutely. It's as simple but... as that. And what I will say about second is uh, nobody, as far as I'm aware, expected Derby to be second at this stage of the season. No. Or even at any stage of the season. Mm, certainly not. No. So what I'd, say is, what, what I'd say is, it's far from, you know, the, I know there's disappointment when you don't win, win a game and you don't win at home, but... You know where they are. They're still in a very, very good position and in a better position than I think anyone expected. Yeah. Let's move on to some injury news then. Uh, and at the end of last week, uh, the club confirmed that Sam Winnell had, had suffered a an, quite a serious knee injury and, and that he will actually be out for the rest of the season. <clears throat> I mean, it's a big blow for firstly the player, but also Derby County as well. Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, because it's another option, isn't it? Mm. Uh, his uh, his contribution has been very good. We, we we looked at that. I think his six goals earned Derby nine points, and obviously the standout ones will be the winner at uh, at Carrow Road against Norwich, and of course his two goals that beat uh, two goals late on. Actually, I keep forgetting how late they were in the yeah. game. Yeah. Leeds took the lead, and then Samuel scored twice. His two goals to to beat Leeds at Ellen Road. Absolutely crucial, mm. and then of course his two goals at Portman Road to beat Ipswich, one yeah. of which was an absolute cracker. So he's played his part, absolutely played his part. It, it, it's one less option for Gary Rowett. He seems relatively comfortable that the squad can cope. Although I always think of this about managers, he's not going to come into a press conference and throw his arms up and says, "I don't know what we're going to do now." You know, mm. we we haven't got we. We haven't got the squad to cope. We're never going to say that, but he, he does seem relatively comfortable at, uh, and confident that the squad can cope. And uh, you know, they had three centre forwards in theory. They've now got two. They only play one a game, so as long as those two stay fit uh, and contribute, mm-hmm. uh, I think they should be okay. I think it's just. The timing, yeah, it's yeah, not sure. it, you know, as whichever way you look at it, the timing is um, is not great. The transfer it was the week after the transfer mm. window closes, and you, you know you want to with no emergency loan window anymore. You want to get your squad in order mm. by the end of January, and then right, that's what you've got. And then you know a week later, you get this news. Um, I spoke to Cameron Jerome after the the Norwich game, as I said, and and you know he he kind of admitted that you know there is now more pressure on him and David Nugent um both you know a to stay fit and b to kind of deliver the goods um in that in that center forward role because and of course when he when he arrived from Norwich uh during the January transfer window he said that you know there was an embarrassment of riches in terms of strikers because um, Chris Martin was still at the club. Darren Bent was still at the club. Someone was was fit at that at that stage, and um, of course, you know, um, Martin and Bent, as we know, have been loaned out. Um, can't be recalled, um, and and now and now the injury to Sam Winnell, and it, it is um, it's a blow for the for the player mm-hmm. and, and for Derby as well. Um, and he, you know, he he's quite a. He seems quite a good character mm. to kind of have around the dressing room as well. I know, I know he he wouldn't have been happy that he, you know he didn't start more games, um, but it, but as you've already we've already talked about the, the, his value to the team, um, whether whether it be coming off the bench or or, or starting, um, and it was just a, it was just a bizarre one as well because it happened during the Brentford game, mm. and I remember him going down and looking quite you know in quite a bit of pain, and thinking oh blimey. And then a couple of minutes later, he's up on his feet. He's back on the pitch. He wins looks. He looks fine. He wins. He, he had a shot. He had a shot. Yeah. He wins a penalty. They score from the penalty. So we didn't even think anything of it at the time. And it was only late. It was only you know days later that it emerged. Well, hang on, something's not right mm. here. They obviously have to check it out to see exactly what's uh, what's wrong. Um, and uh, yeah, it turns out it's. Uh, it's uh, it's not good news. So he's facing uh, facing a, a lengthy spell out, unfortunately. Steve, you said that um, Gary Rowett said that he's comfortable with the, the options that he's got. But from your point of view, looking 
forward to the run into a really important period for Derby County. Do you think they've got enough in that department? I think in that department they have, uh, but they'll only have enough in that department if other people chip in as well. Mm. And it, and it's really time that some of the wide players started chipping in with goals because they've not scored enough. They need to score more. So that's Lawrence Byman. And you obviously is a different case because he's because he's not been involved, uh, but certainly Lawrence and Vyman have to start chipping in. Vidra's done his bit, mm. and and, it, and it promises to do more. Uh, Nugent needs to start maybe finding his feet a little bit again. Uh, I think he scored six goals this season. Cameron Jerome, of course, has just arrived. So I think between them, there, there is enough. What they just to me feel one short of a natural or wide attacker because they've got. Lawrence and Byman. We've got Anya, who's only just come back. Casey Palmer's arrived. We've talked about Casey Palmer. Everyone tells us he's more of a 10 mm-hmm. than a wide player. So I just feel as though there may be one short in that wide attacking position. And that's why, of course, they were looking at uh, McLean. Yeah. They were looking at Luckman. Mm-hmm. Uh, pardon the pun. Uh but it just feels like they didn't get either of those, so it just feels though the one short. But that's that. That they are. So there's nothing they can do about it, and that's why responsibility. You know, Chris said he spoke to Cameron Jerome, and he feels the responsibility. Well, Lawrence and Vyman should also feel that mm. responsibility. They've got to start producing more goals than they have done so far. I think. I think the other thing is oh, clearly someone like Vidra. We've seen him play as a centre forward before. I just think it would be a shame if, say, say you know something happened to Jerome or Nugent, injury or suspension or whatever, and he had to move things around. I think it'd just be a, it's such a shame to move him yeah. from the ten role because he just looked so much more at home there, and he and he said as much really. Um, and I, you know, when you're in a team that's kind of pushing for automatic pr- promotion, you don't want to be in a situation where you're kind of. Filling square peg, you know, uh, sorry, filling round holes with square pegs, mm. as, as it were. You want to be able to have in your mind. I know exactly who's going to be playing there. Mm. I mean, that would be a. You could see that Vidra just moving one place further up. Sure. Maybe Palmer coming in as that into that natural position. But as Chris says, it would be a shame to move Vidra. And when we've seen him play that role before, it doesn't suit him, and he mm. doesn't seem to enjoy it either. And I think he's he's but he's said he's said as really. much. Yeah, yeah. and and. and Gary has said, oh, well, Vidra can play up top or Lawrence could at a push or Vyman. But even none of them. mentioned Bradley Johnson. Even Bradley actually. Johnson. Uh, but none of them would look comfortable, no. I think. In, in, and it would change the dynamic of, of the team. Absolutely, yeah. Just to mention the wide players, Bradley Johnson, who's not a natural, what you call, wide attacker. But I've said before, and, and, and it remains the case, I still think he's got a, a role to play as a, as a narrow left player in that three behind the striker. Mm. Just on the the winner injury, then obviously he was on loan, season long loan. So it, at this stage, it looks very unlikely that he will play for for Derby County again. But obviously, social media goes into meltdown when anything like this happens. So, do you want to just sort of clarify a few things uh, in terms of? I know we've put articles uh, mm-hmm. on our website about it, but obviously, if people haven't read them for whatever reason, you know, people were saying, "Oh, can we recall Martin? Can we recall Ben?" They were saying. Well, what's the deal with Jacob Butterfield now? Does he come back? Uh, and then, obviously, the, the whole free agent thing as well. So. Yeah, I mean, Chris mentioned that there's no emergency loan window anymore. So, actually, loans are standard loans mm. uh, completed in windows, transfer windows. So, any standard loans that are completed in transfer window, you cannot, there are no recalls. So, they cannot recall Darren Bent or Chris Martin or... Uh, Nick Blackman's or your Mason Bennett's or these type of things. Now... There was this issue about can, can they recall any of the younger players if if they've gone out on youth loans? But we found out that you cannot uh, uh, recall a player on a youth loan from a football league club. If one of the young players, say uh, Charles Vernon or Zanzala, were on loan on a youth loan to a non-league club, then you could recall them. Mm-hmm. But of course, neither are ones at Accrington, the other ones at Grimsby. Yeah. So you cannot recall. So actually. As it stands at the moment, Derby can't recall any of the loan players uh, other than those youngsters who are on yeah. loan at, uh, at non-league clubs. So that, that that's the situation. 
I didn't like the emergency loan window when it was here, uh, but it does it does create a few problems for, for football clubs. It having disappeared because they either, as Gary said many times, they either keep all their players just in case, mm. which doesn't make a lot of sense for a number of reasons, or they let them go out on loan and, and hope for the best. Well, you know they've let them go out on loan. That's been the right decision in in, in most, if not all, the cases. Uh, but they've just picked, unfortunately, to pick up an injury. And that's why I mentioned earlier, there's two things, the two key things for me in the final 15 games is avoiding injuries and handling expectation. Mm. Uh, and just on the Butterfield thing, I mean, obviously, we know that they weren't... They weren't linked. They no, weren't linked no. together, but people still yeah. ask the question because it, it happened at the same time and yeah. it's the same two clubs. Yeah, it's the same with Jacob Bussell, you know, he's, he's on loan and uh, we're out the window. And, in, in, and of course, with standard loans, we saw this with Chris Martin. The only way they can be recalled within the window is that if all three parties, both clubs and the player, agreed to that, for that to happen. I so. think it, I think it's worth pointing out as well that, that as far as far as I understand it, Sam Winnell's loan hasn't been terminated. No. Now, as you say, he's clearly not going to play again this season. Um, but we've seen him; he's posted on social media doing doing rehab at Derby. Um, Gary Rout spoke about you know hopefully having him around the place mm. just to kind of give him a bit of a boost I think um, and so he, although he's although he's Sheffield Wednesday's player um, you know the, the way I see it until the end of the season he's, he's I don't he's think with you Dar- can terminate a loan you see outside the window he's with Derby you can't terminate mm. it uh, we had this with James, James Wilson, Wilson cause the, he, 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 got, he got injured and, and of course the loan wasn't terminated until the January till we got into the I think he did window. go he did go back to he Manchester back, United yeah. but technically he was the still loan a Derby was, was, still, was still there and, mm. and the other thing is as well I was thinking is you know if if it if it, it would be weird if the two were linked and say Winnell got injured, therefore he goes back to Sheffield Wednesday. Imagine if you know if Butterfield was in the Sheffield Wednesday team and and tearing it up, um, then it would be a bit. It would be slightly harsh just suddenly go. Well, you've got to go back to Derby now because someone else has got yeah. injured. Yeah. Um, so so no, it's, it's, it's <laughs> that basically a long way, yeah. long way round saying they can't yeah. call yeah. anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Chris, I know you were looking at some free agents up front as well. Um, yeah. I mean, is there anyone that you you take among the list of? No, I mean, no. I think I think I, I think it's it's difficult. You know, Gary Rout said that he would be keeping an eye on the free mm. agent market. Um, in, he, as Steve said, he's he's happy with his options, but he said, you know, in a in case of an emergency, I'm assuming he means, you know, if anyone else was to go down. Um, but obviously, you know, th- th- there are a few out there, but there's there's re- there's various reasons why people are free agents, and you know, we've sort of. We picked out a couple who, you know, have had like disciplinary issues, and you, you know, you don't want to be necessarily bringing that into a club, and then you've got players who are, you know, at the wrong end of their career, perhaps, and and you'll be thinking, well, why haven't why haven't they got a club? So it'd be very hard to find someone um, who's you know good enough to come in and, and make a difference, mm. who who is currently un- unattached, I think. Um, so uh, no, I, I mean, I. I Say I, I wouldn't expect Derby to sign a striker on a free on a free transfer tomorrow, um, but you know you, you have to you have to see who's out there. I suppose. Mm. A quick turnaround uh, this week for Derby. They travel up to Sheffield Wednesday tomorrow. Obviously, recording this on the Monday, they travel to Hillsborough on the Tuesday. Uh, aside, not in great form either. So it's no, they're not. We, we looked at their stats earlier. Uh, not one in eight league games. Eight league games and. I think they've only scored a couple of goals in that time. But strangely, they've only lost once yeah, in eight yeah. games. As Super well. stats, how you can make stats work. Because yeah. they've won, a, they've won a couple of cup games. But but um, the new the new manager's um, still yeah. still looking for his first league win. It's yeah. not quite clicked for them. Yeah. Well, we were looking again the list of injuries, and all teams have injuries. But I it's must admit, their the list is an absolute nightmare. Mm-hmm. Some of the players on their injured list. You know, I, I kind of forgotten about Forestieri. You know he's been injured for a while. Hooper's on there, is he not? Well, they've got um, they've got a whole team mm. of front line senior first team players out, and you could almost make a team out yeah. of it because they've got the goalkeeper Westwood is out. There's a few defenders in there. Barry Bannon, Barry Bannon you know, has been a key man for them. He's yeah. out. Steve mentioned Hooper, Stephen Fletcher, Forestieri, mm. um, um, the mid the lad in midfield, Kieran, Kieran Lee as Lee, well. Lee, yeah, yeah. Um, 
I mean, it's all, you know, it's almost a whole, whole team. And I say, you look at the team that played at, at Barnsley on Saturday, and I, and I read I read that David Jones, former the former Derby midfielder, um, was actually was actually playing in a back three, which is something I never thought I'd yeah. see because I mean, he's he's a he's a midfield ball player, yes, isn't he? Yeah. And, and that's his that's his strength. You would never, I mean, you know, I know it's a long time ago he played for mm. Derby, but you would never think no, of never. And, if, and Gary Wright made a good point. Said you know. Look, looking at Wednesday's situation, you know, if Derby was suddenly without Keogh, uh, Huddleston, and Vidra, you know, that would make a massive dent in Derby's team. It'd look a totally different side mm-hmm. to have that many out. You know, you, I know it's part of football and it's what happens, but you have to have some sympathy for them. That's a really, that's a really uh, awful injury list. You've got a feel for the new manager as yeah. well, because obviously Carvial got the uh, got the boot, and he's now. Doing brilliantly at Swansea, um, and this new guy's come in, and obviously he's seen like half his teams out injured, and it it must be quite tough. I think I think one thing that he has done, he's kind of he, he's shored it up a bit. They look they've been looking relatively solid, and that's not the sort of thing that necessarily excites the fans. But um, they've not been considering too many goals, but they just haven't been out to they haven't been out to get. You've got to start somewhere. When you've got that many players out, I think yeah. the first base is you've got to make sure you don't lose games. And and that's that will be a natural for any coach or manager to look at if you've got that many yeah. good players missing. But having said all that, <laughs> um, you know, Derby will obviously still have to be wary. I mean, that you, yeah. I'm sure they won't, but you definitely can't go into a game thinking, well, these guys have have got Second half the team out, yeah. so it's going to be easy because you just well, it's never easy. The championship uh, uh, doesn't yeah. work like exactly. that. Exactly, it? it'll be a tough game. All games are tough. Uh, the game will be as easy as you make it. For yourself, you know, and if Derby can get themselves in front and then and then go from there, then they should be okay. But as I say, you know, but looking at the way Wednesday is set up at the moment, they look like they're a tough nut to crack, even though they're not scoring a great amount of goals. And the added bonus as well for Derby that if they get a point, or well, I don't know, obviously they'll be aiming for all three, but that they're back in the yeah. The I mean, team. it's it's. And, and this could happen for a few weeks, couldn't it? You know, we go out. But remember, the this, plan is to stay third. The, yeah. the cunning so plan. Is, the cunning so plan the is to stay to third, an and end. then right at the end, yeah. just just nip in. But no, this, this could happen. This could happen a number of times over the coming weeks. Mm. You know, uh, as long as Villa don't go on and carry on winning every game, which you predicted they uh, would, they wouldn't. Uh, <laughs> as long as they don't do that. Uh, but no, it's it, it, it's an opportunity. I think the first thing in Derby's mind will be. Can we put the second half of the Norwich game behind us and, 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 and put on a better performance? That's the first thing. If they do that, then they've got every chance to win the game. Of course, Gary Rout said he's going to make changes. Yes. Um, I think he, he was tempted to make changes for the Norwich game, but thought, well, they've beaten, Nor- uh, beaten Brentford 3 0 in the, the previous home mm-hmm. game. Um, so he stuck with um, stuck with the team after the Norwich game. He said he's, um, he's definitely going to make changes. Um, I mean, we've had a look at it, and you, you, I mean, out of the seven subs, the, the the five, if you like, sort of attacking, perhaps not attacking, but sort of taking out the goalkeeper mm-hmm. and Chris Baird. The other five could all could all come in in theory. Yeah. You like, you know, you Joe Ledley, your Bradley Johnson, um, David Nugent, yeah. Andreas Weiman, of course, Casey Palmer. Yeah. Although we, you know, we're not we're not too sure whether he's quite ready to start, but but definitely there could be. Could make four or five, couldn't he? Yeah, this, uh, he's got the players there. You know, it's. I mean, he could change both fullbacks, for example. Yeah. And I, I don't think it would make that too much of a difference if mm. he did that. Uh, I think at the moment the back four, I, I try, I probably try and keep it the same because, the, again, the goal he conceded was a penalty, so they're not doing that much wrong. Uh, but he could change the fullbacks without too much fuss. Uh, Huddleston is in midfield, obviously. I think it's some kind of. Thought that that I mean George didn't have his best George Stone didn't have his best game on on Saturday. He struggled second half particularly. So Ledley could come in there comfortably. You know he he, he was very influential in his mm. running the team earlier this season. So again, straightforward. You could put Nugent in for Cameron Jerome if you think you know David's now which must be pretty fresh. Hasn't been involved in in the last two games or got on the pitch in the last two games. Andy Vimer could come in as, as Chris says. You know. It, Bradley Johnson also so they've got the options they've got the options uh, just got to be a bit careful to make sure it doesn't look a new team because a new team takes a little bit of time to get going again you know so but I'm sure Gary Rowett's well aware of that mm-hmm. what time are we on? 
we've been going for fifty minutes. 50 that's surely minutes. that's surely enough uh, to put our listener uh, put our listeners through. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we should. Uh, yeah. Anything that you wanted to add then? No, no. I say I think uh, it's just been a bit of a strange feeling since the, the draw against Norwich. It feels like Derby have kind of plummeted down the table, mm-hmm. but they haven't. They're still, they're still third. They're still, still third. They're still twelve unbeaten. And two defeats in twenty-four. Yeah. Not beaten on the road in the league game since September. Keeping clean sheets for fun at times. What was your open goals from open play stat as well? Goals from open one, play. It? Only one goal from open play in the last fifteen games. Mm. Uh, just like to stress that uh, the two goals against Ipswich both came from corners. Headers from corners and the, uh, and the Norwich goal was a penalty. So the only goal from open play we've conceded in 15 games was against Sheffield, which was Leon Clark, I think. Yeah. So, listen, the stats. I mean, if, that's if, an outstanding if, record. Oh, it was astonishing. Yeah. As Gary Wright used the word this, you know, this morning, so it's, it's astonishing record. Yeah. And, and and maybe we should be championing these 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 stats because mm-hmm. any club, any we team, do. we we often we do. do. Yeah. But as I say, you can't win every game, mm-hmm. and Derby will not win every game. He says, <laughs> between now and the end of the season, if they do, they deserve to go up, like Villa do. Uh, if they both win every game, it's going to be fascinating. But no, I mean, there's so much, well, you know. Both win every game, no, play there's so much go. They've got so much going for them at the moment, Derby. That uh, you know, it's all still to play for. I, I just got the feeling after Villa beat Birmingham, that some fans kind of think, oh, well, that's it. Then it's far. It's far from it. Far from over. Lots of lots of twists and turns, and having sat through many of these seasons, we'll see those twists and turns. Mm. Lovely stuff, Steve, Chris. Thank you as ever for your company. Always a pleasure. Cheers. Thank you to all the listeners as well. In the meantime, you can obviously follow everything that we do on social media. We're on Twitter at DerbyTelDCFC, Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash DerbyTelDCFC. You can keep up to date with all the latest rounds, news, and views on our website www.derbytelegraph.co.uk and also on the app, which is available on both Apple and Android devices. Uh, and you can check out the podcast on both Audio Boom and iTunes. Just search for It's Black and White. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon.